Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Ask the right questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Go back and read what I said. Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. That is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got in the, in the journals because you like to write. I want to talk about happy things, man. What? I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? What, don't Who you said think that? that? I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign. Right your rally. No respect you always ask. You don't understand that you're in your own business. Can you can you ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive? No, you can't. I'm not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. Vice President, is that okay? A number of obnoxious questions. Don't screw around with me. Let's get it straight. You didn't use a rank reference? No, let me listen to me. I'm listening. Why are you in the other always got some questions? <laughs> so don't poke out in my face, okay, buddy? Thank I don't want you to ask that. Thank you. You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you, guys. Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McCullough. Which means they need to speed up some of their general election plans. That means some staffing moves at the top of the campaign and stepping up their attacks on Trump. Donald Trump is betting we won't, you won't vote on this issue. In Northern Virginia, President Biden argued one man is responsible for the full or partial abortion bans that now exist in 21 states. And John, if you look at the results last night, you basically had two incumbents. On the Republican side, Donald Trump. On the Democratic side, Joe Biden. Relatively, Joe Biden did better with Democrats than Donald Trump did with the Republicans. Oh, a lot better, and without really campaigning, without having his name on the ballot. And look, a lot of those who voted in New Hampshire, and we saw this in Iowa as well, who voted for the non-Trump alternative, which was Nikki Haley, didn't vote, they told people in exit polls, did not vote because they liked Nikki Haley. They voted because they wanted to oppose Donald Trump. And And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 25th of January, year of our Lord, 2023. Sorry a few days late on the original podcast. I've been tending the other one. And if you're just tuning in, new booth, little echoey, don't like it, but got some paneling from downstairs, made it look a little more presentable. Got the beautiful Christmas present from my brother there, nice and hung up. Love it. Love it. Um, so that was our commander-in-chief in the beginning. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's jacked. I just want, for the record, that's jacked. That, that shit ain't right. Um, I, I just don't understand how this is what we have. We're being told by the media that that's better than everything else. And then his head liar. Why well, just can't believe people question Biden's mental fitness? Go ahead. It's been a while. Hi. Yes. Hello. Where have you been? Uh, just preparing for this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm going to disappoint you really badly if you've been preparing all this time for this moment. It's not going to be that exciting. I'm pretty sure. Well, let's see. Corrine, why do you think it is that more and more people polled feel like over time, President Biden is getting less and less mentally sharp? Which poll is this? ABC uh, has President Biden's rating for health since May down five points and for mental sharpness down four points. You know, I have to say that's a little confusing for me because if you look at what this president has done the last three years, historical pieces of legislation, right, when it comes to bipartisan infrastructure deal, many presidents before, like your favorite president, had said that... Who's my favorite president? Why don't you, why don't we let the American people guess? But no, had no, said, no, no. wait, no, 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 let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. You asked me a question, I I'm gonna, no, 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 let me, at. let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. And you'll, you'll guess who I'm talking about, who used to say, infrastructure week, infrastructure. I don't understand how they get away with this stuff. I mean, I really don't understand it. She didn't even answer the question. She said, but Trump, because that's what they always do. And that's what he can get with. I love people who say the blood of liberty, or excuse me, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. So guess what, man? I don't see a whole lot of patriots that are out there to walking around making sure that we have these weapons. And you need an F-16 against Americans. G-G-G. Same group that goes this. A handsome Yemeni influencer account vanished from the TikTok after posting a tour of captured cargo ship. Oh, he's handsome. Really? And of course, because Biden's so bad, this is what we have now. Trump slurs his words while ranting in Mexico, unintelligible. We're back. We're back. They created this term to smear Americans. Now it's come back to haunt them. Media is getting hammered. They're losing jobs left and right. And guess what? Learn to code, motherfucker. Another one, TSA confiscated Dana Loesch's mic stand that she's had forever. This is the DFW airport, a mic stand I've flown with for 10 years. TSA's joke. The dude on the right was cool. He was just taking orders. The one on the left is Jack Wagon and the rude remedial broad, not pictured, to clarify. The reason TSA gave her mic stand, you could use it as a weapon. So, yeah. They, they got away with it. So we had a, a uh, couple interviews this week because they're trying to rehabilitate this administration, make it worthy. So here's a CNN person literally sucking the vice president's taint. And Katie Couric also. And show how petty they are. Her height's wrong in Wikipedia, and she wants it corrected. Let me ask you one more question. It, I'm struck just in your presence, the 
I was watching you on stage, watching the reactions from the crowd, mm -hmm. looking you in the eye with your passion that you were displaying and talking about so many issues. And yet you hear candidates suggesting that a vote for President Biden because of his age is somehow a vote for you. And that is hurled as an insult. It's intended to demonstrate some negative viewpoint towards you. What is your reaction to this thought that with your background in particular, with your career, that there is some thought that you are incapable? Well, I, I think that um, most women who have risen in their profession, who are leaders in their profession, have had similar experiences. Mm. Um, I was the first woman to be elected district attorney. I was the first woman to be elected attorney general of the state of California. And I'm the first woman to be vice president. Meanwhile, I, why did I think you were much taller? I re recently learned you're only 5'2". Is that, that true? That is absolutely incorrect. Okay. <laughs> I am 5'4 and a quarter. Okay, and Sometimes I'm 5'3". 5'4 and a half and with heels, which I always wear. I'm 5'7 and a half. Thank you very much. Okay, Wikipedia, you're wrong, and we I'm need totally to correct wrong. that. I've said this to my team. Like, what? I don't know where it came from. I've... I was 5'2 when I was 12. They say I'm 5'1 on my Wikipedia page. How tall are you? 5'3 and 3 quarters. Right? <laughs> and shrinking. It's like literally, you, they just want to just make us smaller in every way. I know, but I, but I was excited because I'm short. And I was like, oh, Kamala is short No, like I am me. not. I really am not. I'm okay. just trying to take okay. two and a half inches off my, you know. We stand corrected. Yes, and we <laughs> we'll stand. make sure. Yes, yes. Laura Coates fights back tears. I'm struck just being in your presence. I was watching on stage, look at you in the eye with your passion. Then she asked Kamala how Oni could be skeptical. VMVP blames sexism. So oppressed. Camelia Harris says she was repeatedly told her team to add, address her incorrect height on Wikipedia page. Does she understand how Wikipedia goes? I can go in there and edit Wikipedia. I could say she's 12 feet tall. Get the fuck out of here. Get the border all fucked up. You're the borders off. This is fucked up. That's fucked up. You're fucked up. But yeah, I get you. So this week, I used to cover it all the time. We had the March for Life. Here's some coverage and some non-coverage. Mandelberg of the MRC TV and Culture. Today we're in Washington, D.C. at the 51st annual March for Life. We got to talk to a bunch of pro-lifers and even saw some protesters too. Check it out. I'm supporting people in Planned Parenthood um, that can't be out here today. They're doing work and 
so they can't be out here. So I'm out here doing my job to protect women and not the little fetuses. Killing babies is not healthcare. It's not care at all. And it's not essential. What I have noticed is that there's not a lot of protesters. I've only seen a handful. What do you think, like, why do you think that they're not out here? So I actually saw that they posted online that they were canceling their counter-protest because of the snow. They weren't ready to make that sacrifice and they wanted to stay warm. It's funny because they, they, um, the way they posted it, they, like, tried to push it and blaming us because, like, we weren't trying to keep our people safe. But they didn't want to come outside in the snow and we're like totally fine being uncomfortable and making sacrifices because we're literally not being dismembered so like I'm fine. No I don't care about I don't care about the little thing inside of you unless you want it to be born. Obviously if they truly believe right what they're saying what we're saying is wrong that they, they want to defend women's rights if they truly believe that you would think they'd be out here yeah. I mean the women's suffrage right I'm sure they would. They stood in the snow, the rain, and they did. They they inconvenienced themselves to fight for women's rights, right? right, right. And so we truly believe here that life starts at conception, that we're all made in the image of God, and that life is worthy of protection. And so no matter if it's if it's a blizzard, if it's a hurricane, we're gonna stand out here and proclaim God's message, John 10:10, where Jesus said, "I came to give you life and life more abundantly." That's what we're here to proclaim, and we truly believe that. I've never seen the pro-abortion side willing to be uncomfortable to this level and like make a real sacrifice for their mission because they are, you know, trying to promote legal murder and we are literally trying to like save dismembered babies and so of course we're gonna have like a little bit more grit <laughs> than they are. What kind of work is Planned Parenthood doing today? They are doing abortions, they are doing gender affirming care, they are doing vasectomies, they are doing a whole bunch of great stuff. Great stuff. Have you had a vasectomy? I've actually had a vasectomy, yes I have. Is, do you feel like it's great stuff? Yeah, no, yeah. Because if I'm a woman, or if I'm a guy, and a woman comes and calls me and says, oh, you're my baby daddy, I can say I have a vasectomy, we never had sex, so you can't be the baby daddy. I just read a post recently from Catholics for Choice saying that faithful Catholics have abortion. What do you think about that? Um, that's actually not uh, true in the catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, abortion is uh, considered a sin. Um, so right now, millions of high school seniors are grappling with one of the biggest decisions of their lives, where to go to college. And as Savannah Sellers reports, there's one factor that's taking on a growing role. School ranking, academics, tuition cost, all factors in the big decision of picking a college. But for South Carolina high school senior Grace, add the state's abortion laws. I'm not comfortable with being in a state that doesn't value who I am or value my rights as a person. Did that? Nobody covered it. That's how NBC covered it. Of course, it was from the, the pro-death thing. And that young girl, if you're picking your college based on if you can kill a baby, why don't you use fucking birth control? Try that out. It's a concept. Heard about it. We did a whole election on it. We called a lady a slut. Do we remember? Fucking people. 
Here's the WHO. I got to play these ones that basically you're the carbon they want to get rid of. It's the people, not the carbon. Our food systems are harming the health of people and planet. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one-third of the global burden of disease. Transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier, diversified, and more plant-based diets. If food systems delivered healthy diets for all, we could save 8 million lives per year. WHO is committed to supporting countries to develop and implement policies to improve diets and fight climate change. I'm therefore very pleased that over 130 countries have signed the COP28 UAE Declaration on Climate and Health. Together, we can protect and promote the health of both people and planet. Tell you they're they're just they're not right, man. They're not right. Other ones, State of the Union. Uh, I guess I didn't need that. Jill Biden to bring woman who was forced to flee Texas for abortion to the State of the Union because that's all they care about: is murdering babies. All of them. All about killing the baby. They're trying to win an election on killing a baby and we're not Trump then we have the border Um, you know I don't understand why we the American people are allowing this because when you really do the polls and you look at stuff it's not even fucking close nobody thinks that what's going on at the border is okay. Nobody. Nobody thinks it. All right. It, it is a non-starter across the board. So I got a new hat and my head is itchy because I worked out in it. Should have washed it first. Um, total itchy melon. Um, here's uh, we're, we're just going to do the sound bites. Um, Martha McCallum not buying John Kirby. I'm going to play this by itself. This, this, I watched this live yesterday. Um, I was a little astounded that, uh, yeah, that this, this went on air and, and this is how he answered stuff about the border. to this issue of immigration and, and national security here at home, the voters that you see voicing this as their top issue by more than 10 points, John, and it is in first place. Do you think that these voters want to see more money go to processing people to get into this country? Or do you think they want to see the money go to turn people away and to, to stop the influx? 
Oh my goodness, I don't think I'm qualified to speak for the American people and what they would, uh, what they specifically want to see about uh, immigration changes. What I would like to, to tell them is that uh, President Biden has, since the very beginning, since day one, been concerned about our immigration policy and, and calling for reform. Um, he does agree that there needs to be changes in the way we process, and, and we have created additional legal pathways, but there's obviously uh, more that can be done, not only to create legal pathways, but to enforce the laws that are in place uh, and whatever new laws come of this uh, so that we can uh, crack down on illegal immigration. I think he shares those concerns about the need for serious reform. He also believes that part and parcel of this effort has got to be extra border security. And that's why uh, a significant part of, of his supplemental request did include specific funding for border security to include additional border patrol agents. But, but the White House, you know, we, we saw how the Supreme Court decided on this decision. But what's happening now as a, as a result of that is that the razor wire that was put to prevent people from crossing yeah. is being removed at this point. So I think it's a legitimate question to ask. The president could take executive action on the border. He could, you know, end catch and release so that we wouldn't have thousands of people coming into the country, yeah. 800 gotaways a day. Um, so it doesn't seem like there's a lot of fire in his belly, John, to stop people from entering. It seems that he, he wants, he, he's okay with the opposite. No, Martha, I kind of would disagree with you there. I, I, don't, I don't think he's lacking any sense of urgency about the need for border security at all. And he has taken some executive actions, such as putting, you know, uh, U.S. troops down there to help take off some of the Border Patrol, uh, some, of the, some of their tasks uh, and some of their responsibilities so that they can focus on immigration uh, work itself. Um, and this uh, issue over the wire was actually one of the reasons we opposed it was so that it could, it could allow the Border Patrol to get access uh, to, uh, to the river itself. So that they could do their jobs. Uh, but there's there's no lack of sense of urgency here on the importance of, of working on the border. But look, executive action can only go so far. I mean, and certainly he's not afraid to use that. I won't get ahead of any but decisions he, hasn't, he might John. make. That, that's what I'm saying. You say there's no lack of urgency. He's been president for three years. This is not just the same old immigration issue we've had going on for a decade, as he said the other day. These are record numbers all the time. Yeah. And people in Iowa and New Hampshire are yeah. the ones who are expressing concerns about it. This isn't Arizona and Texas. This is Iowa and New Hampshire. So, I, you know, I, I don't think that people sense that there is an urgency to address this. Well, in fact, I, I talked to lots of voters over the past few weeks who said no. they think the opposite has happened. And they're trying to figure out why the president wouldn't do what he can to stop it. That goes on for seven minutes, and it's a bloodbath. Because they know they're full of shit. And we already know they're full of shit. We know they're lying. We know it. SCOTUS 5-4 ruling clears way for Biden and men to remove Texas border barriers? That his state doesn't have a right? There's one. If you go to town hall, 30 hours on Biden's open border. And I'm keeping it for one of these shows. I'm going to play it but it's really long. It, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's terrible. I think the rest are, uh, yeah, so the rest are sound bites. You're going to see camouflaged illegals coming across. An illegal basically saying, I am an, a terrorist and, um, Here's the video picture. I'm going to put it up really quick. 
Because this guy pretty much just says, we're coming to fuck you up. That's what he says. A councilman from Naperville, that's up in uh, Chicago area, talking about this issue because it's it's everywhere. It's not a bunch of mega uh, extremists anymore. It, it's normal citizens. It's normal citizens who are now saying, what the actual fuck is going on with the southern border? smart enough you would know who I am but you are really not smart enough to know who I am but soon you're gonna know who I am very easy, wow. very easy. <laughs> the, the entitlement the entitlement uh, no believe me I'm much better than that the entitlement guys wow you would know who I am but you are really not smart enough to know who I am but soon you're gonna know who I am you would know who I am but you are really not smart enough to know who I am but soon you're gonna know who I am I do know that there's a lot of people that do care, and I, I think we live in a compassionate community. Um, so you know, before we go down the road of you know doing what you know following suit on some of these other cities are taking action on, um, you know, my my idea would be let's let's find out, let's find out who's willing to help. You know, so. You know, we do hear from constituents on both sides of this. What are we going to do to preemptively stop this? And then we hear from people that tell us we should do more. So, you know, we do have a, a very affluent community, a lot of big homes. And um, what I'd like to do is direct staff to create a sign-up sheet. So, you know, for individuals that would be willing to house migrant families. Um, and if they're... Oh, it's a good one at the end, though. And how can people find that guy, but the government just let him walk across the corner? How? Anybody? To January 6th, I've been ignoring this. There's been a lot. Bomb nearly killed Weissman, but now they have former FBI who oversaw the investigation, so couldn't have. In fact, the bomb appears to have been a hoax created by and covered up by FBI and Secret Service. About, uh, FBI and Secret Service are covering up their role in alleged January 6th pipe bomb plot. New evidence suggests video footage shows multiple agencies may have lied about the alleged explosive device and mishandled the investigation. The January 6th house car is about to fall. Please subscribe to how support blah, blah, blah. Thomas Massey, for three years, your government has successfully memory hold a key part of the manufactured January 6th narrative. Why are they ignoring and are lying about the key detail of the pipe bomb? Anybody? Anybody know why? Another thread by Massey. Uh, the House Judiciary Committee reviewed uh, the Sky FI Assistant Director in charge of D.C. Field Office. Mostly interviewed covered topics such as warrant, sir, and Mar-a-Lago. But I asked a question about the January 6th pipe bomb. If you're going to just become familiar with the rapidly collapsing narrative, and he breaks it down again. It, it, it's like something was going on. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say it's a big old conspiracy. Something was happening. I've read some articles, and I'm not a tinfoil hat, but I think it was the backup in case they didn't do the riot. Because if you watch the riot, the cops instigated the that hallway. Nobody was doing anything, and they started lobbing CS and hitting people, 
and there's video of them saying, let's get it started. That's what they said. So there was some stuff going on that we don't know because they needed something. January 6th was a needed narrative to do something else that we'll never know. But they needed to wrap that thing in a freaking perimeter and say those people are evil. And then they just stopped because it didn't work. Liz Cheney, Liza Stefanik is a total crackpot. Oh, really? So are you, Liz. And then we get to New Hampshire. I want to downsize this because it's a lot. Um, But I want to start with this manufactured shit they do on CBS where they bring on people and supposedly this is a voter panel. Some context, the face of the nation left out. Thazen Sardin is not some random voter off the street. is an advisor to CARE, a group that's very recently was fired from a hate crime advisory role by the White House over its leader explicit praise for Hamas. These people are never... Matt Chapman. It's absolutely ridiculous how often this keeps happening. The media puts an established political activist or local political party chair in a focus group and solicits their opinion without disclosing their background. This whole thing is like Katie Couric all over again. They wanted a narrative. They got it with this travesty of journalism. Tossin, you did change your mind. Yes. On the president. Why? Um, I was a champion for Joe Biden until October 7th. I feel he's disowned us, disenfranchised us with his stance on Gaza. What do you mean by that? He's not listening to us. We are asking for a ceasefire at this time. Uh, it's a human humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza. Too many lives are being lost at this time. I was never a single-issue voter. In fact, I used to argue with people not to be single-issue voters, but for me, this is a deal-breaker. Mm-hmm. Way too many lives have been lost. When you say us, you're Muslim. Is that what yes. you mean? Mm-hmm. You think the Muslim community here feels as you do? Yes, I think a vast majority of Muslims, Arab Americans, uh, even progressives uh, who I identify myself as a progressive, and many people that I talk to in my circles do not are not going to be voting for Joe Biden. This stuff is so crazy. Here's uh, uh, Politico. Donald Trump has a big problem ahead. A whole swath of GOP voters appear firmly committed to not voting for Trump. That's not true. That's what your polls are saying. Mehdi Hassan, make it fun that, uh, well, this is uh, Charlie Kirk. Uh, about time, he should now ask to raise back the $120 million that was wasted in his campaign last year. We did it to win in November. Um, Mehdi Hassan, because he left. Um, what's Chris Saleza's? Okay, I'm going to cover that in a second. Uh, Imagine thinking this would help Haley a lot. Adam Kinzinger doing a PSA is going to start off, and then we'll have The View being The View. We'll have uh, these assholes on MSNBC being assholes on MSNBC. We'll have Joe Scarborough and Eugene Robinson, who still gets brought on TV, and the guy can't even carry a fucking sentence. And then Van Jones. They're going to have a little separator, our 3-2-1 separator, 
And Rachel Maddow, listen to this woman. How is she not a crackpot? Is there anything that will make you smile bigger than sending Trump to defeat? This is a once in a lifetime chance. Your vote in the primary matters more than ever because together we can stop Trump. Imagine his orange face turning bright red when he sees he won't even make it to the general election. For eight years, Trump has been everywhere, and only you can change the channel. Well, first of all, let me just say, um, uh, my initial reaction to Ron DeSantis dropping out was, <laughs> right, but then I calmed down. Look, um, yes, he was doomed from the start. He was the most overblown candidate I've ever seen in my lifetime. He, um, you know, he won in Florida by 20 points, but he won because he really used every weapon of the incumbency to give himself a, a, an advantage. He suppressed the black vote. He changed voting laws. And he was running against an opportunistic has-been, Charlie Crist, who is the worst Democrat nominee in my lifetime in Florida. So yes, I mean, my, my dog could have beaten Charlie Chris. Well, Cha-Cha's pretty great. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't put Cha-Cha down. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon after the dog competition. You're not a, Take Cha-Cha's name. Can you think of a single Republican primary contender who has embarrassed themselves more or tarnished their reputation more than Governor Ron DeSantis? And I will say that we at the Lincoln Project predicted that he would be an epic fail from day one. We predicted this a year and a half ago. Rick Wilson and I sat back and said, okay, just watch. Add just him to watch. the ash heap of cowards who were unable to take out Donald you Trump. You will see a longer line of hypocritical Republican Party leaders of all different titles who are going to jump in now to give their endorsement. And on top of everything you've all described, just a horrible retail politician all around. I don't think I've seen someone as cringe-worthy uh, as Ron DeSantis trying to shake hands with kids or adults or anyone in a room trying to have a beer was just awkward for this guy. <laughs> I mean, it's just so difficult to watch that. It is so difficult to watch that. I almost kind of feel bad for him. I almost feel bad for him, but I don't. Not this really. was a guy who was horrible at, at the actual act of being a politician. Right. When I worked in Capitol Hill, Ron DeSantis was a congressman, and you know he was like the Ted Cruz of the House. No one liked him. He was awkward and, and weird with his colleagues. Like, so this, the, the whininess, the, the sanctimoniousness, I mean, I have to give Trump credit. Let's bring in right now Pulitzer Prize winning columnist at the Washington Post, Eugene Robinson. And Jane, uh, your latest column for the Washington Post, you mm -hmm. talk about the fall of Ron DeSantis' presidential yeah. campaign, and uh, you also do not give him <laughs> a fond farewell. Uh, you, you, mm -hmm. Your piece is titled, The Nation's Gain in Florida's Loss. Yeah, and you say... Yeah. It's hard to see what DeSantis might have gained from his presidential run and easy to see what he has lost. His appeal, in theory, was as someone who could deliver on Trump's MAGA policy agenda without all of Trump's baggage. But DeSantis proved to be an awkward, wooden candidate who struggled to connect. His best weapons in Florida had been his bluster and belligerence, but he was too timid to use them against Trump. As all the failed GOP candidates have learned, primary voters don't want new Trump, not while Trump is the Trump classic is still available. A nation's gain is Florida's loss, sadly. I fear DeSantis will continue using the state as a stage to boost his MAGA profile, just like those 
awfully high heels on his cowboy boots. See, there, there we go. I think there Gene makes a point. There we go again. Listen, That's he's very so callous, and it starts with the six-week. But I fear he's going to go back to Florida. I guess he thinks he's got a political future. I'm not quite sure what that future is, but he's. Uh, I think he's going to keep it up, and I think that's just bad for again the you know the, the citizens of the third most popular state in the nation. My question to you is: It is rare to see a candidacy implode with such swiftness and such vigor. I do think that what David's point to is, is important. Part of what we're looking at as Trump's strength, uh, his resilience, is really a reflection of Biden's uh, fragility. Uh, Republicans are not afraid of Joe Biden. They're not afraid. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't think that by putting up somebody this damaged, frankly, this deranged, with this many deficits, is going to hurt them at all. Because the polls show over and over again that even with 978 felonies, he's still neck and neck with Biden. And so it's, it's, a, it's a worrying sign. I, I, you're, you're correct. There's some worrying signs for, for Trump. There's to be worrying signs for Democrats that they're not afraid. They're not afraid of... I think So, Rachel, let me start there. I've been sort of saying tongue-in-cheek that this is his closing message, talking about that this is Trump's closing message, talking about Viktor Orban uh, as he's campaigning a little bit here in New Hampshire. But you've studied authoritarians quite a bit. You've talked about them quite a bit. You've educated all of us quite a bit on it. Is this really about winning votes in the New Hampshire primary? Liz, well, first of all, Jen, I apologize for my voice, and I am grateful for you having me here. I am trying to hold it together health-wise so that I can have a voice for tomorrow night's coverage, because I'm so excited to be part of that, but that's why I sound like a mess right now. Um, on the Viktor Orban thing, listen, I, I think that there's a very simple reason that Trump is making that the closing argument in what may be the last contested primary, and it's because that's really what he's offering. I mean, this is the special sauce. Donald Trump is not leading the Republican Party and leading the Republican field of candidates because of his youthful vigor <laughs> or because of his uh, you know, <laughs> policy preferences or because of his eloquence, right? There's none, none of that is going on. What he's offering is what he both sort of inherently offers and now more and more explicitly offers, which is if you pick me, that'll be the end of politics and you won't have to deal with politics anymore. You won't have to deal with contested elections. You won't have to deal with contests or divisions when it comes to power. You'll have a strongman leader and I'll just do what I want. And won't that be a lot simpler? Um, that's what he's offering. That, that strongman model is what the Republican base is enthused about. And that is something that sets him apart from every other Republican candidate. And I think that we're naive to think that he's tricking people into picking him and then mm. surprise, he's gonna act like a dictator. What he's offering is strongman leadership, the end of politics, the end of elections, the end or the or the sidelining or domesticating, as Ruth Ben-Ghiat says, of the judiciary uh, mm -hmm. and the- She's a crackpot, man. That lady isn't right in the head. She's not right in the head. Saliza, so because I'm going to talk about her a second, will never get people who celebrate when other humans with families, mortgages, medical bills lose their jobs. Chris Saliza, you guys cancel people. You're happy about it. Your old network does it so much that they lag behind Hallmark and Westerns. Chris Cuomo from your network, Outrage of the Fringes, gets clicked. I suspect a majority look, looks on with increasing incredulity. No, no, and no. People listen to it because it's different. Folks, 
You guys are so lockstep. You're so lockstep. You're for the left. You always are saying the other side are crackpots, but you're the crackpots. You're telling us that the best answer for America is a man that is no longer in charge of his mental facilities. He's not running his camp, his uh, administration. Other people are running it. Let's, let's be honest, folks. Biden's not well. He's just not well. And I don't want to be a dick about it and beat him up on the guy, but he's not healthy. He's seriously... He's really in a bad, bad place, and it's sad. It is what we would call elder abuse if it wasn't he's the president, right? We would say, eh, this is, this is bad. But for some reason, you guys think it's okay. And I, I just don't understand how Rachel Maddow is good but any conservatives like that is a fucking crackpot. So, quick media hit. I think that's all our slides. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Sullivan saying, hey, listen, MSNBC, you guys are propaganda too. You just don't think you are. Uh, Colbert, how do we fix the media? Implies that GOP wants to suppress the vote. Once again, they say that all the time. And then uh, we're going to start up with just gaslighting that Really, the economy is great, but it's you fucking bigots in the center of the com- country. We're then going to start our woke, a woke will show the Patriot Front, which once again, whenever things are quiet, you have Patriot Front come flying in with the crazy. And then you're going to have a soundbite of we like killing babies again. It's a whole production thing over on TikTok. I, I don't get it. The real story about the U.S. economy. Nobel Prize winner Paul Krugman lays out the dollars and cents for why Americans are wrong to feel so down about it. How's the economy doing? Well, there's the difference between how it looks and how it feels. Actually, the economy's doing okay right now. If you actually take a step back, the U.S. economy is strong. The economy, by all objective measures, is doing pretty damn well. The economy has actually been incredibly strong. The Biden economy is great. Yes. How does it look? Uh, honestly, pretty damn fantastic. But will voters give President Biden credit for it? The question for Biden is, will voters give him credit? When we report on how great the economy is doing, what do you, do you feel that? Why aren't voters giving President Biden credit? Americans don't seem to be giving him the credit. Why is that and what does he have to do to turn that around? If people aren't paying attention to it, then it's very hard to go out and take credit. Voters don't like understand essentially or grasp that he's had these legislative wins. Most voters don't understand what you're trying to tell them. Are we going to get to the point where facts do not matter? And for the, the economy example, people are going to feel the way that aligns with their political party. Republicans are never going to say the economy is good historically while there's a Democrat in office. If you ask them about the economy, they start looking at it through these partisan lenses and they tell themselves stories that are completely at odds with the reality. Nobody wants to give Joe Biden credit for what is really a remarkable situation with the economy. Why don't people give him credit? Well, I don't know. That's the American psyche right now. We're, we're in a bad sort of mood. Do you think there's an element 
you know, people just like being. What Trump set in motion and what the divisions of the country has done and what the Democrats have done the last four years, which has responded to Trump by going even further to the left, means that we are losing the legitimacy of the system. And that is the critical thing. When you lose that core legitimacy, you lose your democracy. That's where we're really going to lose our democracy because we don't believe in it anymore. That, and right. you can see that the result of that, the way this works, is you start disbelieving in all the institutions and then you say, who do I want? You want a strong man. Right. You want someone to come in and cut all the knots. This is the classic case of how you lose a democracy. Yeah, and I, he's almost certainly going to be there. He's going to win this election, I, I almost think, certainly. I think you and make fair points, well. Andrew, but you sound a little bit both sidesy. I, I don't know if that's I on take purpose that as a or not. Well, then you've just been complimented. Thank you. In your mind. <laughs> but there's absolutely, problems with the, there's absolutely problems with the Democratic Party and the overreaction to Trump. We just spoke about the ballot case and its thinness, and we cover that all the time on the news. But there's not equivalence here on the problems that you just referred to. There's not equivalence on political violence. There's not equivalence on responding to court cases. Bush v. Gore was very controversial, but there was no violent response, and there was not any mainstream response from Democrats about overthrowing the certification. Al Gore actually showed up on Jan 6, remember it was that date, and certified it. So there isn't a both sides to this decay, and what Trump does, and I agree at times, he may draw his opponents into messy, dumb feuds, but he is the one banking on a cynicism, an attack on democracy, and a complete rejection of the policy democracy that you want because they didn't even have a platform. So he's saying it's just me. You don't even know what I'm. You don't even know what I'm going to do. Just vote for me. No platform, and you've got a whole Republican Party that's basically codifying that. You so, know what'd be good at NBC, MSNBC is if you actually did think about both sides and weighed the arguments and made constructive arguments against that side while respecting them. You don't do that. It's propaganda. All the what time. you just said by denying any what you just said just described my show. So I had a Trump lawyer on this week. I've had Steve Bannon on my show. I've had I uh, Trump MSNBC. White House officials. I watch MSNBC. Right, so sixty-eight percent of Americans say that they have lost their confidence in newspapers, TV, or radio. Mm -hmm. The only thing they trust now is late night. And I was wondering, <laughs> how do you, uh, as a journalist yourself and as the dean of the school, how do you think that journalism needs to get that or can get that trust back from the American public? Well, I mean, there are a lot of things. First, you know, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, and, you know, we don't really get the trust back. You know, it's not something that, you know, can be inherited. It's something that has to be earned every single day. Mm -hmm. And so we talk with my students about this and say, you know, you earn the trust of the public by being correct day in, day out. Uh, and when you make mistakes, you own up to it. The other thing that I think is really important is that most people don't know how news gets produced. You know, they think that we do, I mean, there are movies, maybe you see someone going out reporting and so on, but the ethical standards and the fact-checking and the things that you do, the stories that you don't publish, the things that you find out that go like, this doesn't quite add up. You know, there are actually rigorous processes uh, in place in most reliable institutions, rigorous processes that determine what you can and can't say uh, in a newspaper article or in a news story. Uh, and so we have to do a better job of explaining that story. How hard is it to maintain or to to uphold or point toward the 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 ethics of uh, uh, objective reporting when you're not necessarily reporting Coke and Pepsi? You're reporting like one 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 group of people sure. still believes in democracy, and another group of people is fine with autocracy and would be fine if you did not vote. 
Right. Specifically, you, Jelani, did not vote. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, and so, so right. how do you objectively, you can't say, like, well, there are fine stories on both sides of this. But see, I, I think that's not what objective reporting is. And that's one of the, the things that we have to get past. Like, it's one of the kind of common misperceptions that uh, if you just report on both sides equally, then you're being objective. Mm -hmm. uh, but you should report on both sides while subjecting both to the same sort of equal uh, uh, interrogation mm -hmm. uh, of their positions and their statements. And the truth is in the offing uh, of that. And so you, you, if a person is saying that they advocate uh, autocracy and a person uh, advocates for democracy, those two things are not equal. And Turn it up. Turn it Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Righty of the then. Do you notice how they always just show up? Kind of interesting. This one was all over conservative. I got to play it because it's women's stuff. This is the Mounds of Liberty just dick slapping. And I know it's inappropriate. Smacking Joy Reid. And here's Kamala again playing the gender card stuff. saw what some of the content was in the books. I mean, explicit, graphic, sexual content. And I'm happy to talk about some of that content if, you, if you'd like to. Well, this is the question again. The books that are being banned, I want to give you just no some... No books are being on, banned. No, hold on a second. Well, no, Joy, yeah. but I want to be clear. Uh -huh. No one's banning books. Write the book, print the book, publish the book, put the book in the public library, sell the book, right? Uh, we're talking about a public school library. Children mm -hmm. don't have unfettered access to the Internet at school. Mm -hmm. I did a, a FOIA records request, and, and, and I wanted to see what kinds of Internet sites are banned mm -hmm. in schools, if we're going to talk about banning, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the subject matter in the books that moms are concerned about are the same things that kids don't have access to on the internet. So it, it just feels very hypocritical, right? No, why is no one out there protesting for, you know, free the internet in schools? <laughs> let me let me give you the incredible pain that women like Megan have endured. Megan and her husband John are here with us today and in front of all the friends, let us applaud them for their courage. And I thank them for the time that I had with them today. Can we please applaud them? And I, I mention them because I think it's very important. Yep. That's hockey puck. Here's NBC News. We've decided to go after pretty much everybody. Uh, and this, of course, is Libs of TikTok. And so we're just going to keep going after her because why not, right? 
uh, whole hit piece. Far-right influencer was accused of instigating bomb threats last year against a school library, which is totally fucking wrong. Has been named as advisor, State Library Committee, the head of Oklahoma State Education. So they just did a full hit piece. Nothing about it was right. This is them reacting about a hamburger. Me, look at this hamburger I'm eating. Leftist, I hope you die. And they basically say you die because you're eating burf. Imagine eating this good Agner Brie Brock Israel. Shame on you for eating a hamburger. Bloomberg news frets flying too comfortable and too cheap because they don't want you normals to do it. It's only for them. Save the money. This is about the learn to code. For those inclined to respond to folks who've just been laid off from newspaper jobs, tell them to learn to code. It's not only mean and heartless, but unoriginal and not at all clever. Rather look inside and ask how you grew the black hole where your heart is supposed to be. These people spent all their fucking lives saying you commoners need to just buck up and do what Clinton wants. That's where it started. Clinton learned to code. His, I feel your pain. Learn how to be a computer and a geek. Like that was going to fix people that have no idea how to use a goddamn computer. New York City bound plane missing bolts. It was United. Voice of America gets us going again for another great soundbite. This is them uh, basically saying, is it worth the, the carbon emissions to help Ukraine now? God, they're going to eat themselves. I am Eloise. I am six. Just a quick question about um, whether the administration includes environmental impact assessments in calculating how to support allies like Israel and Ukraine. Just for reference, we interviewed some environmental experts who estimated that in the last 60 days, U.S. supply flights to Israel contributed to 133,000 metric tons of CO2 emissions. That's a lot, right? So is that part of the calculation that you make, and how do you balance your desire to protect the environment with your desire to protect your allies? I know of no, and I'm happy to take this question, uh, I know of no mathematical analysis that we're conducting at, at an agency level to to judge the, the impact of using jet fuel for instance to to fly support to ukraine or uh, uh or get it into the region for israel again i'll take that question but we're focused rightly so on making sure that our two partners have what We'll be having our coffee before the session, and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. Um, the quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. So I added on that montage of tomfoolery, um, that was Voice of America, a WEF expert saying your morning cup of coffee is 
contributing to climate change. Are you fucking shitting me? So now you don't want me to drink coffee? Dim socialists of America are bankrupt. Guess that didn't work out too good for them. This is a San Francisco. Uh, let me get this right. San Francisco Chronicle columns columnists. Remember, in and out isn't some benevolent institution. It's a fast food chain driven by profit goals. If in and outs primary concern is the well-being of the community it serves, it wouldn't be leaving. So it's leaving San Francisco because you guys are douches. And the way you run your city, but they're the jackasses. Okay. Okay. I see thousands of X accounts reporting shadow ban, rapidly losing their viewership, and their posts being throttled and flagged as sensitive, even though their content was not deserving the warning label. Does anyone else know if Elon Musk was informed and is aware of the problem? This happened to a poster. Sensitive content. Everyone is getting screwed. In this case, I don't know what the person actually um, did. But a poster below her, oh, I don't know what the hell happened. Well, we didn't like that picture. Let me retake it. Amanda Crontero did a post, and, and, and so I, I don't even use X anymore. I, I quit using X. It just doesn't make any sense to me. She pissed, pick, did a picture of the sunrise and they said it was sensitive contact. That just doesn't surprise me. So I wanted to cover the other day a UFC fighter losing his shit and being a total douche. And I got to admit, I, I agree with most of what he said, but I don't use, you know, faggot, which he said a lot. He, he's just kind of a turd. But he lost. He, he, karma caught up with his ass. Um he lost his first title defense. But here's Dana White covering the subject. I am Eloise. I am six. Dana, I just want to go back. Um, you were talking about, like, you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about, you know, what they can say when they are up there with a UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like, is there... I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you... A leash? I'm... St- like Free speech. Control when, what people say? Going to tell people what to believe? Going to tell people? I don't fucking tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them. What is your question? I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. You should, that's ridiculous to say I give somebody a leash. Free speech, brother. People can say whatever they want, and they can believe whatever they want. If And I don't think there's any... We had, we, had, we had two gay women who fought in the co-main event. They sat on the stage with Sean Strickland. They could give a shit what Sean Strickland thinks or what he says or what his beliefs are or what his opinions are. You know what I mean? So now it's that time of the part of the show. We're going to play some libs of TikTok. We got a dude who thinks he's a woman, a black racist, Myers on late night saying that nobody cares what bathroom you use, but they clearly do. And hosting Tim Scott 
is engaged to a white lady and she goes all fucking BLM on her. Welcome to Tuck Talk, where I attempt to talk about tucking in a social media friendly way. Let's get started. When it comes to keeping your tuck in place, you've got a lot of different choices, but I want you to be safe. This is not the way. We are not going to use any adhesive against our skin that is not meant to be against our skin. If you are going to tape your tuck, please use tape that is meant to go against your skin and for God's sake, wrap the thing up in something soft so that you don't get adhesive right up against the most sensitive part of your body. And while I love a good tape tuck, I think for me personally, that's more of a special event thing like going swimming or going out for a drag night. I am a hydrated girl and need to be able to pee several times a day and not have to retape. A lot of old queens will tell you about the method of using the top of your pantyhose and an old gym sock and you've got a gaff. This method is not highly fashionable, but it is highly functional. It's not giving you the smoothest tuck and you may want to wear a pair of panties over the top of that, but it will keep you. Hello, my name is Dr. Jasmine Cromarty. I'm a general dentist and inaugural faculty at High Point University Workman School of Dental Medicine. African-American history, culture, and progress hasn't always been taught, well understood, or respected. So in regards to diversity and inclusion in both the workplace and in the classroom, it's critical to highlight that only less than 3% of working dentists in the United States are African-American men and women. I think there's a general challenge when it comes to recruiting students of color uh, to schools of dental medicine. Historically, we've had uh, less access to resources, including schools that at one point we could not attend like our other ethnic counterparts. Many underrepresented populations are minorities, and research does support that when patients have providers who they can relate to and who may look like them, this can improve both patient outcomes and compliance. We simply cannot improve patient outcomes without valuing diversity and inclusion in both faculty and students. Okay, Governor DeSantis, it's time to play Pyramid. You ready? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, uh, banning LGBTQ books. Things that are gonna help seniors. No, um, uh, complaining about someone's prefer preferred pronouns. Things in Florida. Uh, no, um, gay characters in Disney movies. Things that's hitting working people the most. No, um, uh, companies being too woke. Things that happened during COVID. Uh, no, what bathroom someone uses. Things that no voter cares about. Yes, good job, you got it. But I'd like to just talk about Tim Scott for a moment. Why? And how, <laughs> and how uncomfortable he looked behind Donald Trump and the cringe-worthy moment. He is up his um, body, um, but I, he's in the sunken place, okay? I mean, that's just the bottom line for, 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 for Tim Scott. What's so fascinating is you know he's running for vice president. He endorses Trump on a Friday and then gets engaged on a Saturday Hello. and announces his engagement on a Sunday because it's like, pick me, I'm getting married this year, and no other vice president has been unmarried, right, and has been successful. So it just screams, I want to be your vice president. I love you. All right, now we got some teachers union. The largest teachers union in the country rescinds its Biden endorsement over Gaza. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. These fucking people. NBC misinformation reporter assembles misinformation deniers. 
In a spirit of dread, NBC.com posted a story with the headline, Disinformation Poses Unprecedented Da-da-da-da-da. The reporter, Brandley Dodette, and we're going to read it. Let's just, let's just read the article. Well, let me play a post really quick. Hold on. Let me paste a search. Boom. This is Dan Goldman. He's a piece of fucking shit. And he's, he's just grieving mother just crushes his sorry, arrogant ass. I assume, Ms. Dunn, you, you would agree, would you not, that it would help to stop the fentanyl trade and fentanyl trafficking from coming into this country if we had more law enforcement officers at the border and more resources and technology to stop the fentanyl from coming in. Do, do you agree with that? I disagree with that because Border Patrol is now being used to make sandwiches and to screen people and let them into our country. Okay, well, so... So I disagree with you. So you're, you're saying that the... You're, so you're saying that uh, you're upset because the Border Patrol is not doing... Uh, is making sandwiches, I think you said, so you don't think it would be helpful to have more Border Patrol officers who are charged with stopping the fentanyl trade? I would like the Border Patrol to be able to do the job that they were hired to do. Well, one way... Every Border Patrol officer that I have spoken to has told me that their hands are tied by this administration and Mr. Mayorkas. I've been to the border, sir. Have you? The... Have you? Excuse me. I'm I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's long, but that's the type of stuff they do. So, Drzozowski... U.S. presidential election comes at a time of ideal circumstances for disinformation and the people who spread it. As a presidential bubble, the U.S. presidential election comes during a historic year with billions of people voting in other countries. An increasing number of voters have proven susceptible to disinformation from former President Trump and his allies. Artificial intelligence technology is ubiquitous. Social media companies have slashed efforts to rein in misinformation, which means we don't own the news anymore. We don't own all this stuff. This goes on for fucking ever. We're going to cover it in depth in the next show. But what I want to do is play the accompanying video that they put with us. The Republican National Committee this week using computer-generated video to show apocalyptic what-if scenarios for President Biden to be reelected. It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. But AI in politics is hardly hypothetical. It's here. From fake pictures of Donald Trump getting arrested to a fake video of President Biden instituting a military draft. The recommended way forward will be to invoke the Selective Service Act. Artificial intelligence, with its easily accessed voice cloning and face swapping tools, adding a new dimension to the political universe. What I worry about in particular is that um, 2024 will be a GPT election. It will be the first time that these technologies are available um, in the context of, of an election, in the context of hundreds of millions of dollars trying to push into the persuasion space. In some ways, AI helps political operatives, making it easier to fundraise or communicate with voters. NBC News has learned the Democratic National Committee, for example, has experimented with drafting campaign emails using AI, according to a source familiar, who says a staffer still edits before anything's sent widely. Eric Wilson's a Republican digital strategist. We're really excited about the potential for artificial intelligence 
to help make campaigns more interactive and to really uh, free up campaign staff to hire better uses of their time, just like any other tool would. Still, there's a dangerous downside to AI, the risk of disinformation. And allowing Republicans to vote. Take this computer-generated Elizabeth Warren, suggesting Republicans shouldn't be allowed to cast ballots. It is necessary to restrict Republican voting in the 2024 election. The senator never said that, but AI can make it easier for anyone, not just experts, to create fake content. To show you how simple it can be, we tried prompting one AI site with something ludicrous. Politician kicking puppies. But some strategists worry about what could happen when the lines blur around what's real and what's not. To the extent that AI allows people who are trying to deceive people, to the extent that they can do that with better content, that will, will be problematic. New technology and... I tell you what, if, if this is all you're running on, you, you have a major problem. If that's all you're running on, <clears throat> that's not good. So the trans stuff, here's a boy at a girls' basketball game. Here's a boy playing uh, golf. So much of this is going over really bad, man, really bad. This is Pierre-Luc Amel, an illegal from Haiti. He was arrested for ripping a developmentally disabled, raping a developed-disabled person. Shouldn't be in the country, but he is. Jamie Lee Curtis degenders her Oscar to be nice to her child. I'm not going to dog it. It's about her kid. It's probably confusing. She probably wanted grandkids. She's not going to get them. Virgin Atlantic flight was canceled. Her passenger noticed missing bolts. Maybe Virgin Atlantic should stop worrying about drag clean queens. I had this totally out of order, and I, I'm sorry about that. This is Massachusetts Middle School. Gave students assignment to do an internet search for songs about sex and songs about being LGBTQ. Select five or six songs that contain message about sexuality. At least once you try to be currently popular musician. If you're familiar with the music is limited, ask participants for suggestions ahead of time or do an internet search for phrases like songs about being gay, lesbian, bisexual, or queer. We're not brainwashing. This is Romeo Nance. There's a manhunt underway for him in Juliet, Illinois after he reportedly went to two locations and killed at least seven people. That's the guy. Major news is not covering it. Man who had mastectomy discovered to be five months pregnant. They're calling him a seahorse dad. Isn't that nice? J.K. Rowling, always in the news. No, J.K. Rowling, uh, known transphobe, J.K. Rowling is now reported to be an active exec producer in Harry Potter series where she will be involved in shows decision-making. Uh, I thought we don't gender people. Army has promoted all these people. 10,000 still haven't gone to shows or gone to schools to get qualified because the Army's so fucked up worrying about dumb shit. This is from a commander who was freaking taking on the Houthis and he posted this Taco Tuesdays, which I think is just, that's badass. That's legendary right there. That dude's a badass. Good for him. Daily Show is bringing back Jon Stewart to attempt to save the sinking ship. We'll have sound bites too. It's coming. 
And last but not least, we have this article about uh, women being excited and doing a dance video for their freaking... Abortions. A fucking abortion video. And it's my soapbox will take us right into TikToks. So, there is a video that has now gone viral on TikTok. TikTok is one of these things for the Gen Zers and millennials. It, basically, you, you upload these, these little videos to TikTok. They're supposed to be sort of edited into, what, 10, 15 seconds or something. And then you, and then basically it acts almost like Snapchat, except they don't disappear. You put them out publicly and then people view them. This video has been viewed a bajillion times now because it's just horrifying and disgusting. Basically, it's a, it's a young woman who goes with her friend to get an abortion and she is happy the whole way through. She goes there and she's making fun of people who are at the abortion clinic who seem to be a little bit upset about, you know, killing a baby. And here is a little bit of the TikTok video. I'll read it to you because a lot of it is done in text. It says, abortion time, take two. Take two. It's a pregnancy test. And then she's laughing, nervous laugh. There's two abortion moods. People who are sad and then her partying it up, her like pumping her fist and smiling while she gets an abortion. And then it shows the ultrasound as that baby is, uh, as that fetus is sucked into a tube. Uh, so let me just point something out about the modern American left. I'm old enough to remember when people on the left at least acknowledge the moral quandaries involved in abortion. I'm, I'm old enough to remember safe, legal and rare, which was the Bill Clinton line. Now, it never made any logical sense, but at least it made a certain amount of emotional sense. It didn't make any logical sense because if you believe that it's a wrong, then it should not be legal. Right. But if you are at least making the moral, at least if you're making the emotional case that there is something that is worthy of consideration here, that at least is living in the realm of reality, acting as though it is nothing more than getting a polyp removed to take an incipient human life and then kill it. And by the way, what does that mean? Abortion take two. Is that her second abortion? I mean, that, that's all I can take away from that, because I, I really don't know what that means. Her celebrating fist pumping as though this is women's empowerment. This is what our culture has done to the notion of femininity. It's absolutely horrifying. So my wife is like literally on the verge of giving birth, right? To child number three. Thank God, thank God, everything looks healthy. Thank God. Okay, I can tell you that from the very instant we knew she was pregnant, obviously this was now a part of our life. And not only was this a part of our life, this was an individual soul that was going to have a place in this world. And if God forbid something had happened to that child, we would have mourned for the unborn child. I mean, that, that is the way that Megan McCain wrote a beautiful column about this for the New York Times when she had a miscarriage. People mourn for their unborn children. They don't know them as well as they know their born children, obviously, but this is still a thing with moral weight. This is still the, the vision of people celebrating. Okay, the shout your abortion movement as though it is a mark of femininity and womanhood to cast out that which most makes you a woman. And yes, it does. Okay, I'm sorry. Pregnancy is one of the things that makes you most a woman as distinguished from most a man. It's not what makes you most a human being, right? Reason makes you most a human being, but your capacity to have a child is one of the key features of being a woman as opposed to being a biological man. And to pretend that that doesn't matter and to pretend that femininity is to actively cast that out, that female empowerment is to take that which makes you most uniquely female, your superpower, right? It is a superpower. You're able to grow a child in your own body and then feed that child using your own body. That's a superpower, man. That is a superpower. And to pretend that that is something negative and bad and that casting that child out and that killing that unborn human being, that that is some sort of mark of bravery or femininity, that you're more of a woman for doing that than you would be if you had taken the child to term. That somehow it's degrading to you as a woman. 
right? Not as a human being, as a woman, to carry a child to term and have that child, to exercise your superpower. I mean, it's the, honest to God, it's the equivalent of Superman deliberately grounding himself and then saying, I feel more like a Kryptonian today. Like, that's just not the way that this works. Your superpower is this thing. This is, talk to any woman who has been pregnant. This isn't just a me point, okay? This is a my wife point. This is any woman who's been pregnant point, okay? This is an amazing, amazing gift that God has given you or nature has given you if you don't believe in God. And that gift, that amazing gift to take that and to degrade that, to pretend that the mark of womanhood is to take that which most makes you a woman and then throw it away is really insane. I mean, it truly is. And the celebration is just, it's beyond the moral pale. But that is our society now. Our society is you celebrate the sin. It's not enough to just acknowledge that a sin is being committed or to say, listen, I believe I should have the right to commit the sin even if I think it's a sin, even if I think it's bad, I think I should have the right to commit the sin. It's not a good argument, but at least that's an argument. But to celebrate the sin is an act of evil. To celebrate doing something that harms another human being. And by the way, I'm not seeing any evidence in the, I mean, she took a pregnancy test. She doesn't look as though she was forced into the sex in this particular video. If, the, if that is different, then I will amend that statement. But I've seen no information to suggest that. If she had consensual sex with a person and then she got pregnant, which is a result of consensual sex in many cases, turns out these two things are interlinked. And then her natural response is to celebrate, presumably, both the, both the casual sex and then also the abortion how does this make anybody a better human being? How does this make society better? How does this make femininity better? How does this strengthen womanhood in any real way? If you don't watch that, if you watch that and you're not horrified, I'd say you're doing morality wrong, whether you're left, right, or center. You got to take this stuff with a certain level of moral seriousness for you to even be taken seriously as a moral human being. The other blithe attitude toward abortion is utterly astonishing. The Michelle Wolf, celebrate your abortion, fire off fireworks. This is what makes us free. If your freedom is the killing of an unborn human being and celebrating it and fist pumping it while you do it and making fun of people who are depressed and upset about doing it, even if they're doing it, I mean, what utter, what utter callousness, truly amazing. All right, as is our, our technique, I just randomly grab shit. This is the first one. This is exactly what I felt like to be with a guy that was 10 years older than me. Did she like it? That's really confusing. You think she'd like a 10 year older guy who treats her like a lady and, you know, I gotta find that video. Um, I, I watched a video this week of a lady that we follow. Um, we'll run through this and I'm gonna stop and we're gonna get the, this video because it's really good. It says a lot. I actually called my son and said, sorry. Next one. We're just friends. I repeat that thought in my head every time I see you. You don't want a relationship. You said that probably a hundred times and you kissed me once. You just didn't mean it. We're just friends and I'll have you as just my friend because then at least I'd have you. But each time I stare at your side profile when you're excitedly talking about some drama that's happened or a movie you liked. 
I keep going back to the feel of your lips on mine and pretending for a second that you didn't smile and say it didn't mean anything. I pretend you didn't ask if we're still friends and I pretend I didn't answer, of course. In those selfish moments, I pretend you're really mine. Well, that's sad. That would suck. Never lived it. You know, I, I dated my wife and we broke up briefly. And I remember seeing her in clubs and just being obsessed. I was with other women and I'm like freaking at this club staring at her. It was so stupid. It was only two weeks ago back together. All right. Hey, dad. My dad said, never settle for a man who can't do everything you can. Problem is he and me doing things are 10 that most people don't do until they're adults. Good for her. My mama taught me that. I literally had to mop, clean, freaking ham sew. She said, you don't need a damn woman. Handle your business. And I'm glad I did. And I kept that up through my whole life. My wife's never ironed for me. She's never had to do anything. I do the laundry. I think it makes me a better husband. I've never mailed it in. Here's a poetry girl. She's good. The sun is kissing my face, and already I think I'm forgetting what your lips felt like here. I don't know why, your affection was always so special, and so were you. You are special, I'm trying to hold on to you. Preserve you in thoughts, and words, and art, in every way I know how, yet it isn't enough to detain you from fading away from me. But even when our conversations and memories become buried beneath new ones, and I can no longer remember the glimmer in your eyes when you would wait for me in your doorway, when I am no longer an archaeologist lucky enough to study the relics in your cheeks, when my mind becomes weathered and eroded by time, and I can no longer excavate how it felt to kiss you. Ah, uh, she's too okay? drama today. Are, Are men you okay? Are you I was guys just okay? watching a video of a guy like going through a breakup and I was reading the comments and all these men or even all these men are so sad in the comments. They're so sad. Are you guys okay? Like uh, hold that thought. Let's do this. Hold that thought. This this is like once again I uh I'm cool with uh, the way the world is, all right? I, I get it. I get it. The world's just different. It's all different. And I understand that. I'm cool with it. I, I, try to, I try to play along with, you know, we changed and we did this and we did that and yada, yada, yada. But you guys wanted men to be more feminine and you said toxic toxic masculinity was this horrible horrible thing and well then men started being more feminine and they were less manly and they didn't push the boundaries and they stopped paying for shit because you wanted everything uh oh my god i found it okay all right um you wanted them to... I had to delete up my history. It was just so much shit. It, Google was sending... Or YouTube was sending us the same damn video. So I killed it all. So it's back to beginning. I'm going to do this a low thing. So you wanted men to like... 
not pay for shit because you wanted to pay for shit. You wanted men to stop being toxic masculinity and all that crap. So you got betas. And now you got betas. You're all pissed off about it. So what do you expect? Oh, it's downloading. We're going to play it. It's really good. <laughs> what is this? I can't. I got Adam. I can't remember. I, I, I don't understand. Um, you, you weren't chasing me? I had my stuff stolen before by the people I'm around, and everybody around me was looking at your wallet, so I was the first to pick it up. So I picked up your wallet, and I made sure they didn't steal it, because if they stole it, they wasn't going to give it back. So I stole it first, and then I followed you. And then when I followed you, you got scared, and you ran. But I was only trying to give you back your wallet. Because I know what it's like to have my stuff stolen. I don't have much. But I, I saw this. No I don't think this is. I don't think cares. this is real. I think that was staged. I think it's a team You lost, babe. I'm a dumb I think I'll be okay. Yeah, if that was the case, you wouldn't be doing the goddamn video. Just saying. Next. Sarah contest. Are you ready? In three, two, one. Uh, okay, that's, I guess, sexy. That's what she's going for. Here's a chick, uh, Batty, singing. Flyleaf, I love Flyleaf. Good song. I don't understand why I have to act it out though. Did you just pick a booger? She's flicking her finger like she picked a booger. That's a little weird. Next. I'm glad I found this. That's really funny. I just subscribed on it. Oh, okay. 
What the fuck? Okay, that's funny. Olima Omega is his account. That dude's funny, man. Straight up, most of the good guys got destroyed by gaslighting and being played. So now they're all doing work and chill. Okay. Another one of those things. I think this is going to be funny. Sounds good. Next one. Why did no one tell me that men just don't, just don't get told nice things, apparently? Today I told my boyfriend, hey, you're deserving of love. And he cried so hard he got a nosebleed on my new dress. I'm not mad about the dress. I'm not mad about that at all. I'm mad about the fact that in his 18 years of life, 18 years of life, no one, not a single person has told this man that he's deserving of love? And with that, I don't think that's true. I think you're full of shit. Good night. Oh, that's cute. I like her account. I follow her. She's good. What? No, we're not biting. There's no biting. There's no biting in baseball. No. No coffee? No. Fuck! Shit! Holy shit! Kid, fuck! Didn't that hurt? Yes. Well, you don't like coffee all of a sudden or something? I haven't tasted anything worse than coffee. But you drank three cups earlier. Oh, shit. You got it bad for that bitch. For your Meyer sister. Go ahead, girl. Girl. Friend. How many did you go to? Three. Three? Why? It's weird, okay? For me. Weird? And you can lay my brothers out, you can you can bite my dad's goddamn nose off. Do whatever you did to that guy who was being mean to some lady. You could do all that, but you can't buy me some fucking tampons and that jacket. What kind of weirdo wears that jacket? I mean, what the fuck even is it? Hey. Hey. Do you guys have problems buying tampons? Seriously? Yeah, no, it's not freaking. Never have problems buying tampons. Big fucking deal. It's a tampon. I was doing that at 18, 19. What else? Fair. The fact that your phone gets to hold your hand all day and I don't. There, I said it. So, come home mine instead. Hmm, I guess that's cute. Here's a lip sync challenge or some shit. Me gusta. Me gusta tu hermano. I've seen this all the time. I don't know what the fuck it is, but whatevs. Okay, that's cool. Here's for the chicks. If there's any chicks to listen to my podcast or watch it, there's some naked dude. Yes, 
I'm confused. What's this look? Buff? Brain dude. It's different. Here's another lipstick. Lip same thing. Okay. Uh, some reason when I go into TikTok, it's all Spanish and Indian. Enjoy my ex, but she's a catted brunette. Okay. This one was cute. I, I actually watched this one ahead of time. Hey, girl. I could take you to the candy shop. Oh, my God. You're so cute. That was the cutest thing ever. Hey, girl. Hi. Keep up the studying. You're going to pass. Thanks. I believe in you. What are you working on? In English. Nice. Well, what's your name? Maddie. Maddie. My name is Juan. Nice to meet you. Um, what do you say we hang out sometime and you can blow off some steam from studying one day? Okay. Alright. Can I get your phone number? Hey, girl. No, I just came to say to keep working hard because it looks good on you. Okay, this guy, um, you know look my wife follows him. Me. Um, because he does this stuff where he gives people money. He just walks up to random people and gives them money for the dumbest shit. Like, do you have what time it is? Here's 500 bucks. And they freak out. It's really cute. It's actually a cute thing. I don't know. And I don't spell. I don't know. I put IDC, IDC, what you drive. I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care. I can't even read it. It's font seven. I got glasses on. I'm pulling my head back. I'm way back and I can read it. What you drive, I don't care if you don't have the best past. I don't care if you don't like you. I don't care about none of that. I'm here to build a future with you, not look at you for what you have or what you've done in the past. Love. That's nice. But it's not true because here's the video that I wanted to talk about. Bam. What's up, guys? On today's show, we are going to be reacting uh, this to is, dating uh, hot takes on the internet. Uh, what the hell? Uh, let me let me do this right because it's somebody else's product. The product, the product's good. My product. This uh, website, uh, this channel is Amanda. Echo. Oh, I can't even screw it up. E K P U N O B I. Good one. It came up by accident. So um, I'm going to try to play this and, these and are get ahead. And these are actually real women talking. It's on the internet. This is to the men's side. You know, let's do this. I'm going to stop. I don't think I have any more. Do I have any more TikToks? Let's watch one more TikToks and then I'm going to edit this so I can play it and talk because it's, it's long. And I forgot it's not going to work. So this is an 80s theme one. I think. Hold on. Why won't you use your muscles and win me a prize? Maybe you'll be lucky and get a kiss. Are you serious? I'm dating your best friend. And you just said that? What's that? Heart spray. It was you. You're the one that sprayed Piper. And you act like you're her best friend. You're not her best friend. You're toxic.
Hyper? Hyper? Piper? This is an after-school special. Piper, there's literally zero reason to cry right now. It's all Emily's fault. Like, she's the one who sprayed you with the fart spray. Can't you see? I saw the bottle fall out of her pocket. What? Emily's not a good friend. You, you deserve better. She literally just uses you for your kindness and then sabotages you. Yeah. You deserve a better friend. Not a fake one like her. I, I can't believe this. She's, she's the one who told me to put on this ugly outfit. No, 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 no. Your, your outfit isn't ugly. It's, it, it's, it's beautiful. You look beautiful and... Okay, I can't fucking do this. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Anyway, I'm going to edit down the video and play it, and then we'll talk about it because it'd just be easier. So two seconds. On a first date with him, let's watch. I'm not joking. I have asked the last three dudes I've dated for their bank account info on the first date. I don't judge people's actions. I look at the intention behind it. So, like, why do you ask for that? Because I only want to date a wealthy guy that has money. Valid. So you're getting straight to the point. I think, you know, I have a job. I'm very successful. So I think I have every right to be like, hi, are we on the same level or am I wasting my time? I'm not joking. Okay. Use first. Okay. This is another one that has to do with men and their finances and dating. Let's hear it. I expect a man to pay for the date. Yes, the whole entire date. That includes my Uber to the date and my Uber back to my house. If you are a man that I'm interested in, I want to see that you can provide for me. I want to see that you can afford an Uber ride. I want to see that you can afford a nice dinner date. Like, can you afford basic things? Because if you can't afford dinner, and an Uber, my transportation, you certainly can't afford kids. You certainly can't afford a house. You certainly can't afford my bills. And I got bills to pay. Okay, thanks. Voice. Uh, hmm. And uh, yeah, you've totally robbed him of that with that attitude. Hopefully she's not talking to men in that, in that way. Now, this next piece, this next video is once you've secured your relationship, you have your boyfriend, you have your husband, here's a, a new theory that is trending on TikTok for how you test the strength of your relationship. It's called the orange peel theory. Everybody's talking about the orange peel theory. If you don't know what that is, the orange peel theory basically describes that when your partner does an act of service for you, that's something that you are perfectly capable of doing on your own. And this is for really small stuff, like for example, peeling an orange. Let's say that for whatever reason, I hate peeling my oranges, but I really like oranges. I ask my partner, hey babe, would you mind peeling this orange for me? And they can either respond with, of course, love, like not a problem at all. Or they can say, no, you are perfectly capable of peeling that orange yourself. Or maybe my partner already knows that I really don't fuck with citrus and has the orange already peeled and prepared for me. <laughs> Either way, their response is indicative of much bigger things than just merely peeling an orange. Because even- Okay. So I know these seem pretty silly, but the first lady with, I want to see your bank account and your 401k, go suck a dick, is what I would say to that woman. I don't care if I was rich or not. I'd be like, deuces, see ya, bye-bye. The first thing you want to see is my bank account. So I can buy, oh, I just take over so you can quit working? Because that's what that sounded like. The second one, I don't know who's going to get into that car, buy a car, rent an Uber, get some chow for that big wildebeest. That's like me hitting on somebody. Nobody wants this. 
I'm an old dude. But thinking you all that, going to get a freaking Uber and you're going to pay my bills. I'm not paying your bills. You got your own bills. Pay them. You made them. Now, granted, when I got married, I paid my wife's bills and I picked up a car crash she did. And then the last thing, you know, it just seems like everything nowadays I see is me, 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 me. I open my wife's can of soda. It hurts her finger. I do stuff like that all the time. And she gets pissed because she doesn't want me waiting on her. But then she knows my love language and she stops. But demanding these things, what are you doing for the person? So when I got done watching this and I watched a bunch of them yesterday because the algorithm just started slinging crap at me. I called my, hu- my, my husband. I called my son or texted him. And I said, I am so sorry. You know, I've been getting on him about finding a girl. He's 33. It's time. He needs to have a life mate. It'll do him well. It'll make him happy. He's working on it. He's got a girl. He's been dating her. She kissed him. So I hope it works out. My my worry is that she has kids and maybe she's looking for somebody who's stable. Not for love. And I think he needs love. But I'm hoping... It works out. But I said, I was very pretentious saying, you know, get out there and try. Because I had no clue how fucking crazy it is. Because the reality is you can't expect men to be what you want them to be now when you force them to be something earlier. We've raised a whole generation to be beta. Toxic masculinity, doing this, doing that. Don't be a man. We want to pay our own way. I'm fully capable. Shut your face. And now you're pissed because they're all like, okay, we'll go Dutch on every date. Your money, my money. These are things women came up with, not men. So you can't get all pissy because now it isn't going the way you want it. The reality is, this is the world you wanted. And now you have beta men who don't man up. They're not chivalrous. They don't open doors. They don't. That's why that crazy stuff with Taylor Swift and Travis. Kelsey, I just crack up reading this stuff when you go on social media. Oh, he put his hand on the small of her back. See how he opened the door. It's so manly. What the fucking fuck? I open doors for strangers. I help ladies under their car. I help ladies undo their or load their groceries. They're attractive ladies. I'm not doing it because they're attractive. I'm a married man. I'm doing it because they got their hands full. I'm trying to be nice. They have a kid. They're trying to do all this shit. I'm like, hey, let me get it. Woof, woof, woof. That's not, it's just being polite. I open doors for everybody. I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't know if they're ugly or they're gorgeous. It doesn't matter. It's called being nice. But it was such a big deal because I think they wanted to make it a big deal. Like he's a big old badass freaking chivalrous dude. He has manners. He's trying to get that. Boys do that shit all the time. Men always are freaking nice and chivalrous and do all sorts of crazy shit. Until they get it, then they don't. So my wife was surprised. I still treat her like a girlfriend. I still open doors. I still act, bring her flowers. We've been married 37 years. Nothing's changed. It's called being a gentleman. She's my girl. That's what you do. But you can't ask guys now to be what you told them not to be. It's impossible. Because you guys wanted this. Women wanted this. We've gone through Me Too. 2008, it was 
We need free birth control. Now we need full term to kindergarten abortion. Jesus Christ, make up your fucking mind. If you want birth control, you don't need abortion. If abortion is your birth control, you're fucked. I mean, I don't care once again if you stumble. I don't give a fuck. You bored a million babies. Ain't my business. I don't care. But that's the logic we have of the latest trend of women. And seeing this, that little tidbit I played is a smidgen of what I've been seeing when I just get the algorithm right. Women demanding shit of men. Pay my bills. I don't want to be vulgar, but unless your vagina does some really amazing shit and puts out gold bullion, I don't know if I'm going to saddle up for that kind of attitude and pay all your bills. I just don't see it's happening. It ain't, that, it ain't worth it. I'll find a girl who respects me and loves me and doesn't want me to be their meal ticket. Talking when I was 20. Yeah. Now, I'm just, whatever, I'm married, so I don't think about that kind of shit. But the point is, I mean, I wouldn't even saddle up for that. I don't give a fuck how good, how good you are in bed. Sex is a tenth of a marriage. You have sex like rabbits. You get married. You have some more sex like rabbits. And then it becomes an anniversary when the kids are asleep. She looks hot in an outfit, or like my wife used to do. She put on one of my t-shirts, and that was it. And it was go time. I was happy. Depeche Mode's on. Let's go. But it's a tenth of a marriage. It's not the big shit. It ain't the important stuff. The important stuff is how you treat each other. Are you friends? Do you love each other? Do you give of yourself? Do you put the person... You love before yourself. That's why this bracelet I wear and my wife wear, it's Gigi and Tony. Hers is Tony and Gigi. It's reestablishing what we always said. The other person's more important. Love isn't about you. Love is about the person you love. That's what it's about. And I don't think that's what it's about anymore. It seems to me most of these young opinionated women, they just want a meal ticket, somebody to have sex with them occasionally, while they go screw the world and party. Because this Palomori thing is bigger than I thought. It's crazy. I don't know how that works. Somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. I'm just saying. Somebody's going to latch on. They're going to be like, nope. Nope. I ain't doing this no more. And you just screwed up a good relationship. So, there's your TikToks. Go to that lady's channel. It's really good. I'm impressed. She's not conservative. She's not liberal. She's just like in between. It's really nice content. I don't like that comment section girl from Daily Wire. She just talks faster than Ben Shapiro. And I know I'm being hypocritical because some of my friends and some of the comments I get, you talk too fast. Well, that's just me. I just talk fast. And I'm on happy pills now. Whatever. Not Zofran. It's some other happy pill. I just took it. It feels weird. I feel happy, though. What the hell? So this wraps up another episode of Flavor Politics Podcast. Share it with your family and friends. Go to Flavor Politics with K on SoundCloud, Rumble, 482467, foppodcast at gmail.com to tell me I suck or other subjects you want to do. Other podcast is doing pretty good. It is Old Dude Music Review. You can find it on Rumble at 553-2123. And you can hear it on the Flavor Politics page because I just loaded three of them because I did two and then... I did my psych appointment with the therapist, and for some reason I deleted the audio files, and then I recorded it, and it was just blank air. 
for an hour. It was just so freaking stupid. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. So I redid them all yesterday. We're going to go with our next podcast for Flyover Politic with a K on 29 January. Year of our Lord, 2024. Our next Old Dude Music Review will be the 27th or 28th, depending on what I do. I haven't picked a subject yet. I'm thinking about just doing my playlist for fun. Just download my playlist and just show my playlist. I think that would be kind of cool. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeah. I got a new sleep token hat. Liking it. It's pretty nice. Logo's a bit big, but I guess that's what they're going for. It works. I guess that's it. Hope you stay warm. It's warming up where I'm at. Hope it stays at where you're at. And uh, you take care. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.